I am a father of four boys, two biological boys, two that I adopted. So I have full custody. And one day I just came back from a trip to Vancouver for the Olympics with my wife. And she says to me, I don't want to be married anymore. Son of a bitch. I'm sorry, Pastor. Before things fell apart, I was like, man, we're living the dream. I was a young executive traveling all over the world. My mother-in-law lived with us, put a fence around the backyard. We had a court that I was grilling off the patio, hot dogs to the kids. It doesn't get better than this. There's like five things that she said. I don't want to be married anymore. I got married too young and I didn't get to live my 20s. And when I met my wife, she was a struggling single mom. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why? Why are you mad? Single dad? Why 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 you mad? So um, I notice it says Pastor Tony. Is that literal? Uh, yes. It's not a. It's not a rap name. I'm. I'm actually a pastor. Um, but I'm like, I'm the people's pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone always says to me, oh, that's right. I forgot you're a pastor. I was like, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, we are here. Uh, this is Single Dad, Why You Mad? It is not Single Dad, Why Am I Mad? It is Single Dad, Why You Mad? And when I say you, it is the people who watch us and see us with our children and look at us like we're unicorns. And... <laughs> That is the thing that we are looking to move the needle on. Clark, how was your week? Yeah, my week was good. My, my week was good. Um, you know, spent some time hanging out with the ladies, preparing to get back into the office. So that's causing me a little bit of stress, but kind of looking forward to it. And um, yeah, my, my oldest is planning on going on vacation for a little bit. So that's also a little bit nerve wracking, but all in all good, man. How about you? Um, I'm feeling good. I've been on vacation, um, which means that uh, I don't have any scheduled meetings. Um, I just answer emails when they have to be answered. And, uh, you know, I go occasionally to a uh, job site and visit stuff. But uh, for the past two weeks, this is the last week um, I've been offline, you know, air quotes from the office. Mm -hmm. So we're here with Pastor Tony, right? And um, we're going to ask Pastor Tony to introduce himself and tell us or tell the people as much as you would like them to know about yourself, and then we'll get into it. All right. So I, um, I am a father of four boys, two biological boys, two that I adopted. And uh, the older two are 25. They're both 25. And the younger ones are 17 and 13. So I have full custody of my 17 and 13 year old. There was a point in time when I had all four of them. They were two, six and 15s <laughs> until the, those 15 year olds grew up and got out of my house, graduated from high school. Um, I was a global marketing executive until 2013 when I quit my job at the Coca-Cola company and um, went to seminary with all four boys at home. And uh, <clears throat> I've since then graduated from seminary, started a church. So I'm kind of like an associate pastor at a big church and the lead pastor at a small church that I birthed out of that. And uh, I'm having a great time. Um, so I have a background as an athlete, played sports in college, and I stay pretty active between coaching, competing in obstacle courses like Spartan Race, Tough Mudder, uh, short distance triathlons, stuff like that, and uh, coaching my kids and um, just kind of trying to be a good, a good dude in the community. Uh, to whoever needs it and wherever the Lord calls me to go. And and the two boys um, that are biologically yours, those are the older ones. Those are the younger ones. Those are the younger ones. Yeah, and they're at home with me now, 13 and 17. 13 and 17. So the two that you adopted, um, do you mind if I ask uh, how you got there, how, how that happened? Sure. 
So 2000, I got married and my wife had a son. When we got married, he was five years old. Uh, And I started a travel basketball team for him. And we ended up taking in one of the kids uh, from the travel basketball team. And so we had four. So we had our older, her son, which I adopted. We had two more. And then we took in one of the kids from the team. And um, so they were the same age. And we had a really competitive team. Um, At some point, four of the kids from that team have lived in my house. (laughs) So it was not just a basketball program. It was a true ministry. And it was really, it was awesome. It was awesome. I was not a pastor then, but I just, you know, tried to be a mentor and to to many extents, a father to a bunch of the kids on the team that had never had dads in their life. And, um, and are you still married now? No. So I went through a divorce. That's what sent me crying out to the Lord and ended up sending me into ministry. And you maintained custody of the kids. I did. And it was a battle. So we, we have a foundational question that we will clean up on your behalf, Pastor. But okay. Yeah. You know, generally when, when we have somebody on, we ask the question, you know, with, with all of the best intentions, coupling with somebody, having these kids, adopting these kids, the sanitized version of the question is how did you get here? You know, despite mm-hmm. all those best intentions, how did you get to this point? Being a corporate executive, basketball coach, you know dad of four and husband to now yeah. being a pastor and, 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 you know, being divorced and being a single dad. And yeah. I always top that question off when Clark says that is, you know, is this where you wanted to be? Did you want to be a single dad or did you start out wanting to be married with kids, a dog and a fence around the house, two cars in the garage and all that other sort of stuff. Was that yeah. your intent Oh, what is it? Because we talked to a guy a couple of weeks ago and his intent was to be a single dad. Uh, Absolutely not. So my intention was 100 percent to um, to have it all. And let me tell you something. Before. Things fell apart. I was like, man, we're living the dream. I was a young executive. I was like, what, in my 30s? traveling all over the world as a global marketing executive at Coca-Cola. My mother-in-law lived with us. So at any point in time, my wife could come with me to wherever we wanted to go, put a fence around the backyard with two basketball hoops. We had a court in the backyard. I was grilling off the patio, handing hot dogs to the kids. I mean, I was like, it doesn't get better than this. And one day I just came back from a trip to Vancouver for the Olympics with my wife and felt like it was a little strange. And she says to me, I don't want to be married anymore. Son of a bitch. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm I'm laughing because this sounds so familiar, but please go ahead. So I'm going to give you the, there's like five things that she said. I don't want to be married anymore. I got married too young. And I didn't get to live my 20s. I don't think I ever loved you. And I just don't want you anymore. How old were you at the time? I was 39. And how many of the boys did you have at that time? So we had all of them. Yeah, we had all of them. And her mother was living with us. And I look. Just, you know, just to make it really interesting, like I'm not complaining at this point, but I was the only one working. You know what I'm saying? I was the only one in the house with a job. (laughs) So everybody was taken care of. Um, And, you know, I had that kind of thing. It was like, hey, if my wife, if she wanted to work, she could. She didn't have to. The kids were in (laughs) private school. I mean, that was one reason that the young man had come to live with us. I got him a scholarship to the school that my son was going to. And when I met my wife, I mean, she was a, she was a struggling single mom. <sighs> and how old were you guys when you met? So I was 29, 28, 
and she was 23. Okay. And uh, yeah, her son was four. And and how did it end up that her boy, not your biological son, <laughs> remains with you? Yeah. So what happened was that her her dad, she had grown up in a household where her dad was not regularly present. He was in and out of the house. What I don't think any of them realized was that her mom had a severe addiction problem. Now, they could see it, but they were so used to it that they didn't recognize it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So to them, she was just crazy. But as I, as I spoke to her dad, I said, well, I think what you're dealing with is addiction. And so she grew up basically, the, she was the adult child of an alcoholic or of an addict. I learned all these things later. Right. All right. When I was going through them, I was clamoring for answers, had never seen anything like this. Uh, you know, I can tell you stories about dealing with an intoxicated grandma every night. So uh, it got to a point where I would come home work early from work because I was afraid for my kids to be alone with them in the house. And um, she started to attack them uh, mentally even more so than physically. You're talking about her mother. Yeah. Grandma. Yeah, grandma, yeah. Is, is, grandma is coming for you. Physically? <laughs> or or, or no. just constantly just berating them? Just berating them, manipulating comments, and your teachers don't even like you. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was. it's rough. And they always, you know, in that, arena they start off very loving so they build a foundation of trust before they rip you apart i mean i could sniff that out quickly and i was like okay i gotta be there make sure these kids are okay but then um so my father living in your house not working exactly. now you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you talking I, shit to my kids living in my house without a fucking job i'm sorry Pastor. exactly i'm sorry it I learned the love of Christ because I was like, somebody's going to get hurt in here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm going to tell you something interesting in a second. So what happened is her dad decides to finally divorce her mom officially and her, her brother and her mother all just lose it. I mean, they just completely come apart at the seams. I go, you know, I'm a big dude. I'm like six, four, you know, I'm an athlete. My wife starts coming home at six o'clock in the five, three, four, five, six o'clock in the morning, intoxicated multiple nights a week. We got a problem. Whoa. <laughs> and we got four kids. So we this, got is, this, big is, this is when her parent, when her dad announced she's leaving, she turns the bottle. Oh, geez. she just. And see, I didn't see it, but that had been, it was there the whole time, but it got turned up to a thousand. Right, right. Okay, at this point. And so all the, it just, it just went all the way left. And uh, yeah, so we had a problem, man. So I got on my knees and I said, okay, Lord, like something is, uh, is gonna go really wrong here. What do I do? And you'll never guess what God told me to do. He said two words. He said, love her. And I was like, come on, Lord. That's not at all what I was thinking you were going to. What are, do you see what she's doing? And then I went to Bible study that same night. And the study was on Luke 6, 27 through 38. Love your enemies. Wow. And I said, oh. Gosh, this is what he's talking about. <laughs> Pray for those who abuse you. Be kind to those who are rude to you. Um, bless those who curse you. I was like, what? But at the end of the scripture, there's this huge blessing, pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured into your lap, that God's just going to bless you if you treat the people who are rude to you this way. And I said, okay, Lord, you got a deal. You know, you're God and everything. So I'm going to do this. 
but I want all of that blessing that you promise, all of it. So I went home, man. And when she would scream at me, I'd say, you know what? I just want you to know what a wonderful person you are. And I mean, I just completely flipped it and lived it out. Cool. I'm incapable of doing that. I tried it. It doesn't work for me. I'm yeah. incapable. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of my life. Everything you laid out, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. And, you know, you and you and you know, the ability that you, you're professing to turn the other cheek, right? I've always yeah. said I have a, I, like, I, I think back about the example my dad said. My dad always used to tell me, boy, just smile and nod. Sometimes you just got to smile and nod. Sometimes you just got to take it. Sometimes you just got to smile. And, you know, or like I had older guys that I work with, they said, Clark, listen, man, you can be right, you can be effective. Which one do you want to be? You can be right. And then, you know, your house is in chaos. So you can be effective. You, you know, you take one for the team. And everything goes back to being happy. And I always tell people I have enough of my father in me to smile and nod, but I have enough of my mother in me that it only lasts so long. <laughs> listen, I had people say that to me too. And I tell them, no, thank you. I'm going to try it this way. And listen, it's been <laughs> difficult. Listen, but uh, listen, I, I, I just, I'm not that big. I, I, I appreciate what you're doing. So let me ask you, you say, you said that like you didn't see it, right? Um, right. It, tell me what you mean by that. And I'm listening to you as I go put, tell my kid he's got to turn the TV off and go to sleep so I can hear you. But tell me what you mean when you say you didn't see it, because I've experienced some of that myself where yeah. I saw it, but I ignored it because right. I had a different agenda or my I was after this. You understand what I'm trying to say. So go yeah. ahead. I'm, I'm listening to you. Go ahead. So I saw it, but I didn't recognize it. Cause I'd never seen it before. Right. So I saw that, like that the drinking every night, but she wasn't like inebriated every night, you know? And I just thought it was normal. Um, you know, I saw like some of the issues in our marriage, but I was like, it's all good. You know? Okay. Like it's temporary hey, probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working with you. You know, we had, I'm going to work with you and we'll get through it. And I don't know. I just thought everything will be okay. Um, I mean, I remember I won this award, right? I invented like one of the touchscreen Coca-Cola machines and launched it at the Beijing Olympics. And it was this big deal. And so I won this global award. We went to uh, the Southern French Riviera. You guys know the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. They have the Cannes uh, Lyon Awards, which is the Global Marketing Awards down in Cannes. And so I went down there to receive a Cannes Gold Lyon, right? Like you should, you should, you should, you should have a lot of sex just for the name Gold Lyon. Right. <laughs> and like, you took her to Cannes. Like you, I took her to Cannes, and I won an award. And you won an award. I got none. I was like, this can't be possible. And I had a six pack. I'm just saying, just keeping it real. Okay. So you, you were this, still fit. That's what I'm, I'm trying to tell you, man. I was like, there's no reason for this to be like a problem. You know, I, I'm wine and flowers guy. We're in Cannes. I mean, it's one of the sexiest places on the planet. There's naked people sunbathing outside our hotel room. And, you know, anyway, so. There were those kind of things, but I was like, but, but when you okay. say you didn't see it, I, I thought she was saying that not that you didn't see it coming where she was going to say, listen, I don't want to be here, whatever it is, but you didn't see it coming. Like you didn't know that, okay, the drinking and that sort of stuff, you didn't see her as that type of person either. You didn't see that coming. So it was both things. I didn't see the, the alcohol abuse. And I didn't see, cause it was mild. It was like daily, but it was subtle. And, you know, I was like, I used to party, man. I was like, you know, I'm in the club popping bottles. You know, my wife was beautiful. She was one of the model girls. It was, so I wasn't like flipped out about it, but I wouldn't like, I wasn't somebody who was trying to drink every night. Um, 
but it wasn't like it was quiet. It wasn't destructive to the family or anything like that. Her mom, a little more extreme, but it wasn't extreme on a daily basis. It was just she was like an extreme person. We're like, wow, she's really difficult. <laughs> but they would always blame it on her dad leaving. So there's all this kind of family turmoil that was going on in her house. And I just kind of like discounted it to like her parents having issues. So and just so, tried to move forward. So that's my question right there. You say that you discounted because I did the same thing. Are you, do yeah. you, why do you like, did, do you think you intentionally discounted it because you're, okay, let me, let me step back on another, another, what was your family history? How did you grow up? That was going to be my question. Yeah. Great question. My family history was amazing. My parents were married for 50 years. We had a Christian household. I mean, my there's no alcohol abuse whatsoever. I mean, my parents might have a glass of wine here or there or beer. I mean, I've never seen anyone. They barely raised their voice. Um, I mean, you know, of course there was stuff, but it wasn't big stuff. I mean, it was a, it was a phenomenal upbringing and everybody was educated everybody was it was just a great house to grow up in a great family and very tight-knit very very spiritual yep two siblings an older sister and a younger sister um yeah and everything you know things were just really 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 great so maybe and i don't know i'm just asking right Maybe you mm -hmm. saw that for you there. So because you saw that for you there or the possibility to see, to get that, you sort of like maybe discounted or ignored, you know, some of those red flags. Absolutely. Well, here's what I said was I didn't I didn't acknowledge it because I didn't recognize it. Right. So the red flags, I never seen that stuff before. So I didn't know what, I didn't know, Hey, that's a problem. Now, you you know some of those things happen. I'm on it, right? Uh -huh. I'm like, um, you know, I'm looking in. I, I date somebody, and I'm looking in their fridge. You know, like mm, how much alcohol's in here? How much? You know, I'm listening to things people say. Um, so I just didn't. I'd never seen it, so I didn't recognize it. Yeah, you know? it's, it's funny because when I have conversations with people about divorce, right, and People go like, how did you end up divorced? Especially like people who knew me and my ex-wife and would see us mm -hmm. out and about together or they see us as social media, on social media. And it was real funny because there was a point where like we were separated, still living in the same house, but separated. And people would send us DMs, ask myself, how do you keep the spark in your marriage? How do I keep things going like you? And we're like, yo, son, did you see this? Right? <laughs> and when I have these conversations and I describe that to people, I describe getting divorced like going broke or insane. It's mm. gradual, but all at once. So like you, you have a situation that happens and you're like, yo, wait, especially as a dude, a lot of times you're like, wait, what happened? Like, how do we end up here? And then when you do the postmortem, you go back and you look at all those signs, all those cracks in, in the fault line and you go, right. oh, Oh, mm -hmm. so like a lot of times when I do talk about it and I, I talk about, you know, now being a single person, I credit my ex-wife with being the one who saw this was broken way before I, you know, and I go, oh, like that, that's the most embarrassing thing for me was that I didn't see those things and go, yo, you need to get out of here. So you have the conversation. I can't stand you. Never could stand you. I don't even know why I got into this in the first goddamn place. Uh, it's all your fault. You know, so what? I don't have to work. So my mama don't have to work and you paying all the bills. Um, I want out. Um, how does it come that the boy stays with you? How does it come that so, the kids stay with you? So one of the biggest gifts God gave me was to take that posture of love your enemies. Right. So I just started saying things to her like, look, I feel like we're blessed to have this marriage. I don't want any part of divorce. If you want to leave, you are more than welcome to do that. But I'm going to stay here, be a good husband and good father. So I took this stance of like, I'm standing and I'm going to take care of, you know, the kids. 
And she just went nuts, like in the nightclubs, partying and everything. And how old was she and, at the time? Uh, 33. I could see that. Okay. 33 is a hot yeah. time for women in the club. So go ahead. I can see that. Yeah. Well, yeah. and let me tell you, she was looking, she, she was looking really good. And it took everything in me not to like, like I, I, I was, I wasn't a big time guy in Atlanta, but you know, I did my thing. So I got people calling me, Hey man, I see your wife out here. Yeah. And X, Y, Z is going on. Yeah. Right. And, um, so My stop right there for thing. one second. Stop right there for one second. Okay. In the moment when you got those calls, how did you feel? Because not looking back on it now, but in the moment. Yeah. In the moment, my thought was, okay, I'm going to go find out who dude is. I'm going to bring him to my garage. I'm going to hang him by his feet from the rafters. And I'm going to have her watch while I destroy this dude. That's what my thought process. That was what was in my head, mm-hmm. and it was only God that like kept me from doing that. And, and I thought, well, if I go to jail, it's going to suck for the kids because she's obviously not taking care of. Them. Um, so, so you know, I'm like, I can't do that to my little guys. I got to be here for them. So uh, I take this whole posture of like, okay, you know, I'm going to be this loving dude and everything, and. <clears throat> I mean, I just kind of really got devoted to the kids. And I was like, look, I'm going to make sure. Because, you know, like you look at your your kids. It's, I don't have girls. I have boys, you know. And it's like, that's my dog. Like, I got to, if I don't do anything else in this lifetime, I got to protect you. And so I was like, I got you guys. Like, you know, if I got to come home early from work, whatever I got to do, I'm going to make sure you guys are straight. And um, so that was my thing. Like, and she wasn't taking care of them. She was out busy partying and trying to kick it and everything. And so that was the other thing that I really felt like I heard in prayer, which was like, get full custody. So you had to go to court for it? Oh, yeah. It took three years. Did she fight but it? remember. Oh, big time. Because she needed the money. Tell me what you mean by that. So she wasn't working. And when she did work, her job was, you know, very small, didn't pay much. So in order to live the lifestyle she wanted to live and party and all, she had she needed for me to pay her child support. And I made a ton of money. So she was like, oh, I can, you know, her thing was like, how can I get enough money? to kick it without having to take care of the kids too much. <laughs> right. Cause it, cause even if you guys did a 50, 50 split, you're still the primary wage earner. So you still got to pay in something. Oh yeah. Paying it a ton. Right. Enough for her to live in Atlanta and be okay. And so she was going for 50, 50 and I was going for a hundred percent. I was like, no, you are not fit right now. I think you're great. You're a wonderful woman but you're not fit to take care of the kids. And that was, I mean, that was funny. You know, it sounds funny when I say it, but like that, that was what I got from God. Like you love her, but get full custody. So I think that also made a big difference when I went into the courtroom and I asked for full custody. Um, And I wouldn't bash her in the courtroom, none of that. But I would just say, I don't think she's in a place where she can care for the children. Um, and you didn't provide details. You just left it at that. Uh, I provided enough details when the court asked for some, some, yeah, when they pressed, I mean, I gave them matter of fact details, but I didn't do like a smear campaign. I wasn't up there on the court, on the stand angry, you know, in fact, it was the exact opposite. I was always saying like, look, if there's anything we can do to get back together, I'm willing to do that. But you know, as it stands right now, I'm the one taking care of the kids. So I, I guess the, the, the follow-up question, you know, so it's now been, what, eight years So that since this has been finalized. What is her relationship like with the boys? And, and uh, ultimately, what's her relationship like with you? So I'll, 
our relationship is um, amicable, but she, if I were to describe her, I would say she's a shell of herself. Um, you know, like a few facts, like she doesn't have a car. She lives with her mother and, um, you know, doesn't seem to be able to support herself very well. And her, the relationship she has with, with her mother is um, to the point where she's not comfortable with the boys coming to her house very often. Did you have a lawyer? I had a lawyer. Yes. Um, but I didn't have a lot to pay the lawyer. And so I pretty much asked the lawyer to just, I said, look, I got a strategy on this. I'm, pr- I'm in deep prayer and I'm really hearing from God about it. So I just need you to like, take my direction, file what needs to be filed. And, and, you know, we're going to do minimal, minimal due diligence on this. This is, this is not going to be a big smear campaign and prove this and prove that. So I'm just going to like present the facts as from what I have. And we're going to kind of go from there. And it, it, it was, there was a few things that happened that were absolutely crazy, miraculous, like wild all at the same time. There's a couple of, of incidents that just, whoa. So incidents in the court or incidences where you guys are going through the divorce and you're looking at her and going, oh my God. And he said, I'd like to put her head through a wall. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> there were, I'll tell you, I'll tell you really quickly the two times that, that really pop out for me. The first time was when she got me to come over her house, kind of like lured me over there to like get clothes for the kids or whatever. And her and her mother had this whole thing staged where they pretended that I beat them up and called the police. Wait, what? A total sting operation. Oh, so so dragged you over there so that under the guise of you guys all hanging out and they had put No, under the guise of come get some clothes, pick up some clothes for the kids. I'm like, I don't need clothes. They all, they live in my house. Like we'll get them later. And they like her mom, like I have the baby, the youngest in my arms, her mom like attacks him. And when I go to like stop her, like grab her, her wrist, she throws herself backwards. She called one, one, totally. <laughs> she, she took a, no, I always tell, I said, she took a charge like you've never seen. Oh, like I, I touched her and she flew. And then my ex like uh, goes and she grabs the baby from me. And when I go to like, look, I'm leaving. Give me the baby. She like throws herself into the wall and falls down. And they're, they got 911. Help, help. And the police show up and they're about to just hem me up. And I was like, I was so calm. They're like, okay, why is this guy so calm? And I said, look, let me just explain to you what's going on. And they ended up questioning her son, like one of the teenagers, and they told him what happened. So they didn't put them in jail. They just said, okay, everybody go home. Like I said, Clark, to put her head through a fucking wall. I'm sorry, Pastor. Um, <laughs> let, me ask, let me ask you. And that it's- was the least of the two incidents describe the day describe the day i'm sorry to talk like this pastor describe the day they got the fuck out of your house oh wow okay so this was interesting so my dad in the in the middle of all this craziness going on with my wife coming home at five six o'clock in the morning my dad is literally dying from cancer jesus he's Hold on, can I have a second? No, like, oh, wow. Exactly the situation I was going through. Are you serious? I'm, I, I'm serious. I, I like, yeah, my, yeah. my dad, at my, my wife, at, well, we, she first said it, and then, like, we, we kind of chuckled it off as, like, drunken, a drunken rant. She first said to me in July that she wanted a separation. Um, we split in October. No, no, in, uh, in September. My dad's cancer went terminal in October and he was gone by February. Wow, man, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah so, so, so as you said it, as you as you were saying it, 
it, it, it hit very close to home. It's just usually the trifecta. Dude, okay, so, so go ahead, yeah. Please. So I my I find out in the middle of all this craziness that my dad is going from having heart attacks to needing cancer surgery back and forth. So I I go up to visit him, drive up there, and when I go to visit him, she moves out. I come home and I'm like, oh my God, I've lost my wife, my kids, and all my stuff and my dad all at the same time. Oh, so, so I she had moved out and she took the kids with her while you were going visiting your dad. While I was gone, yes. So I get on my knees, I do my daily prayer, and I I was reading the Bible cover to cover. And I read the scripture that says, it's better to live on the corner of a roof than with a contentious woman. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, there's no way that this is my scripture for today. I was like, you know what? You you got this. And I, I went to Taco Mac and watched the game and had a good steak. <laughs> Man, I was like... I can't believe it. I couldn't believe that was the scripture. It was like he was saying, dude, be Yo, happy good. she's gone. You're good. But how, you are good. How long did it take for them to actually get out of the house? Like, was she trying to get you out the house so that she could stay and you just keep paying note? Or did you like, yeah, no, this is my house, y'all need to go. And she just wouldn't go and her mama wouldn't go. Especially her mama. So, yeah. So especially her mother. I was calling her relatives. Can you guys come get this woman? Like, so what happened is at first they had a strategy, even when they were still in the house, her mom kept trying to call the police on me for the dumbest things. I was like, okay, that's what made me go to a lawyer. I went to a lawyer because I said, look, this lady is clearly trying to set me up. And what can I do? Like I got, I got, a, in, I got a, a snitch in my house, man. And he's like, there's nothing you can do. You know, like it's her mother, so you can't kick her out. And um, yes, you can. So, yes, you can. Why can't you? <laughs> I he said she, she invited her, so she she's she's a guest of a mother, and she still yep. technically resides there. Yeah, I, I yep. mean it, it, that, the, the 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 crazy stuff you see people pull. So that so you come so home, there, the kids are gone, the furniture is gone, everything's gone. Yeah. What about your clothes? Now my clothes are good. They ain't fuck with and you. And see, no. But this is why, because I was on, I was on this whole thing where I was like, look, I think it messed them up because I was like, I'm not leaving our bedroom. I'm not leaving the house. I'm not leaving the marriage. I'm here. I'm standing for our marriage before God. So whatever you want to do, you know, that's your choice, but I'm going to be here being the best person I can be. And I kept that demeanor the entire time. Like I would not argue with her. I would not fight. Like I was, you know, and, and so she couldn't, she couldn't start a fight with me. Like she was like, damn, like this is not working. So her and her mom just had to move out. Wow. You're um, better than and, me. And <laughs> better than me. You 10 times better than me. How did the kids take it? What was, what, what, what happened? Like, did the kids, I mean, how old were they at the time? So I had a two-year-old, six-year-old, and two 15-year-olds. And and the, the young man who we took in from the team, he had only been there a year. But he, let me tell you something, that, that kid, he's my ace because he was an alpha male. So when her son started acting crazy, which I don't blame him because his dad had left him and then now his mom's acting crazy. But when things started just getting crazy, he was my rock. Like, I could trust him. He would make sure the little boys were okay. He'd make sure if her son acted up, nothing went down. Like, that kid, and he's, that, he's my ace to this day. He plays professional basketball over in Europe. Oh, and, and I'm great with her son, too. He's great with me now. I know he's, he's going to be a, a pastor one day. But when things got thick, young, young boy was there for me. Don't make me upset when I ask this question, right? <laughs> it's going to get worse, man. I got crazy stories. Um, what's going on with the child support? Okay. So, of course, like, 
what we did first thing was, I mean, I just prayed and Lord was like, give her X amount of dollars, X thousand dollars every month. So I was like, okay, yes, Lord. So I just started giving her that while she was still in the house. That helped get her out of the house. I'm telling you, like, I really leaned on God through this whole thing. And I had never leaned on God that hard. You know what I'm saying? So he's telling me, give her money. So I'm giving her money, like thousands of dollars. And so that helped get her out of the house, which was looking back on it now, I can see that was the best thing that ever happened. Get her out of there because she was a ticking, her and her mother were a ticking time bomb. So she, if I, when I, at one point, we went to court and they said, okay, you have to pay this much, a couple grand a month, right? And I'm like, all right. They said, we're going to do this for a summer and then we're going to see who's really taking care of the kids. And I was like, great, because I am. And they assigned the guardian ad litem. So the guardian's coming around, you know what I mean? And he's checking things out and he's like, okay, uh, son, you just made a mistake. But clearly he can see I'm taking care of the kids. So we had to, it was like a few months and then we had to get back together. She will not, she's avoiding the meeting and just, but he's like, Hey, in the meantime, you got to keep paying her. So she's just trying to keep getting cheddar. And I was, and I think I was like, she'll probably do this forever. So I pray Lord's like, cut it off. Stop giving her money. So I stopped giving her money. Then she shows of up course. the next week. She right, showed up. She, so then she tries to take me to court, right? Tries to take me to court. Like he's got to pay me and everything. And, and by the way, when the, the whole setup thing that I told you about where they tried to like set me up and call the police, the police told everybody to go home. The next day I get a letter in the court system that says they're filing um, a, a restraining order but if I don't want the restraining order, I should just pay, sign a agreement to pay X amount every month and they'll drop the charges. I'm like, how does money and a restraining order have anything to do with each other? They drafted that letter themselves? <laughs> no, it came, it came from an attorney. In a, and we went, to, we went to negotiation or mediation or something. It was like mediation with that letter. I was like, you, you've lost your mind. And so uh, I asked my attorney, I said, if I sign this thing, is it binding? And he's like, no, but you're not, you know, you shouldn't sign it if you're not going to honor it. And I was like, I'm signing this thing and walking the hell out of it. Get me out of it. This is a joke. (laughs) So I left and, um, you know, they try to take me to court, all this and that. And at the end of the day, now I got custody of the kids. She's supposed to pay me child support. And of course, she's never paid. How much? Never, not once. How much? How it's, much a month? It, it's five hundred a month. And you ain't gonna go get that money? Nah, man. How I can far behind less. is she? How far behind is she? Uh, she is seven years. So I don't know what that's like. Son uh, of 40, a- 40, 40, 40 something thousand dollars. She's <laughs> never paid, not even once. No, she paid once. The first month, she paid. And then that was it. <laughs> so, 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 like, like so, this is, these are the conversations we have, right? Where it's like, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, even oh. if it's, even if it's money that that is inconsequential to you, if the shoe was on the other foot, that person would be fighting for it. It would be a uh, let me, on the other foot. He'd be a me, bum. If the shoe was on the other foot, he'd be a bum. He'd be a let me, bum. I humor you with this, okay? So when she <laughs> right now, like I'll ask her just to, I asked for her to do a couple things. I was like, look, she doesn't have a car, so she can't pick up the kids. Nothing. Like I'm, I'm running around. They call me the, the dudes call me Uber. They're like, dude, you are Uber. You're just flying from place to place, picking up kids. Yep. So I asked her like, I asked her like, Hey, this summer, like it's pandemonium around here with all the basketball, football camps and everything, do you mind just cooking dinner so the boys have something to eat off of during the week? So I don't have to prepare so many meals. She's like, sure, can you send me some money for groceries? (laughs) Dude, you you just gotta like, you gotta live up here. 
You know, you got to be above it. And I'm like, sure, no problem. Um, I, 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 I love, I, I, God bless you. God bless you. Let me ask you a question. When it all came crumbling down, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, you got the custody and all that other sort of stuff. Um, did she ever come knocking on the door to talk about, hey, man, why don't we try this again? Never. You know what? Let me tell you something. From the day she moved out of our bedroom and started sleeping in the guest room, we have never once had a single intimate or even romantic moment. Nah, son, get out of here. What do you mean, Clark? And I, I did it. Get out I of here. I did it. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked. I was like, I didn't even think that was possible. I mean, can I, can I just, can we be real for a minute? Yeah, I didn't think that was possible for any woman. I was like, come on, I'm going to wear you down eventually. <laughs> you my wife. I got girlfriends from high school I can still call. You, we were married for 10 years. No. I mean, it blew me away. But I'm I, telling you, like, I watched her mentally, emotionally just completely fall apart. She told me, she's like, I'm not the same person. I'm a different person. I, so yeah. I think she went through a lot. I think she went through a lot. And I try to have compassion about that and, you know, try to do. I think that forgiving her and being kind to her healed my children because they watched me forgive her. And so now they are able to forgive her. And forgiveness is the name of the game, man. When you can forgive someone and let it go, it doesn't mess with you anymore. So my kids are able to grow up and be happy because they can forgive their mom. And I think that's because of the strategy that God gave me to deal with her. Yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. I, I like that. I like the way that sounds. Um, but yeah. uh, so, so let me tell you, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you've seen um, uh, this conversation between uh, uh, so there's this pit post going around on Instagram that says, I can be as petty as X or I can be as graceful as this woman Tabitha. Have you seen this thing? The woman Tabitha when she responded to Wendy? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I haven't. Yeah. She was very graceful when she responded to Wendy. Wendy Williams had something to say. Um, okay. Wendy Williams. Yeah. yeah. Wendy Williams had something to say about her husband and her retiring her husband and all that other sort of stuff. And she said, I can okay. be as graceful as that person or I can be, you know, whatever else it is. But I have both in me. I have right. both in me. Um, but God bless you for being, you know, as graceful as you are. Um, listen, um, that is an example for me. Um, I will probably get there, but it ain't going to be this year. And I tell you, it ain't going to be <laughs> next year either. Um, I, you know, I, I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm a little farther along the path in terms of, of being a single dad and, and the age of my kids than you are, David. And I ain't nowhere near where Pastor Tony is. Not at all. Not at all, B. I, 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 I did have one quick question, though, as, as you were talking about, you know, as we're talking about child support and incomes and so forth. Because, yeah. In, I'm not going to put on blast what, what you make as a global marketing executive for Coca-Cola, but I, I know it. I'll tell you, in my experience of dealing with, with, with executives, I know it's a significant number, right? It's, it's a pretty good number. Yeah, it's a good number. Right. En enough where you can support a household with four kids, a wife, and, and a mother-in-law living with, right? In, in yeah. Atlanta, or I'm assuming it's the suburbs of Atlanta. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Firstly, what moves you to 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 join the seminary to give up? He gave it all up for Jesus. I love it, man. He gave it all <laughs> up for Jesus. I love what, it. What What led you to give up corporate America for for the seminary? Firstly, and, and yeah. how has that adjustment been? Yeah. So I'll give you some numbers. So my um my tax return. 2013 was 20, 250 grand. And my tax return on 2014 was 25 grand. <laughs> it was my tithe, right? So like what really, what really got me. And so, I mean, I love the Lord, but like, I just want to keep it real with you guys for a second. I saw, I like to win. <laughs> and I was like, hold on a second. If I do this God thing, 
like in a strange way, like I'm guaranteed to win. I was like, this is winning at the highest level. I was reading scriptures like, if God is for us, who dare be against us? Like I dug in, I got real deep with God and I was like, hold on a second. I can live the crazy life. Like, I'm not talking about like material things. I'm just talking about like winning at everything. Like there is this abundant life that's available to me. And I just never sought it out. Like there's all kinds of ridiculous power. And I mean, that stuff always sounded just kind of cliche. And then all of a sudden it was real. I was, I mean, I got, I dug in with God and I started seeing him move in supernatural ways. And I was like, hold on a second. This is wild. Like this is bigger than anything I've ever been exposed to. And I was like, I started being able to really hear the voice of God. And I was like, I want that life. And then God started showing me, he started showing me like a future. And I, I wasn't looking at, let's be honest. I wasn't looking at like the pastor from my church back home where I grew up. I was looking at like Stephen Furtick and Joel Osteen and like these guys like doing ministry all over the world with television shows. And I was like, wait a second. Like, this is, this is dope. Like I want to do that. And then I'm talking to people and like, I'm seeing people's lives changed. They're coming to me like, Hey, how did you do this? How do I do, you know? And I'm literally watching people's lives change. They're going from, I don't know if I can make it another day to like, man, I got that joy. Like it's all good. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, this is exciting and powerful. So that, that's what got me, man. So that's, that's what made, that's what caused the switch. That, like that switch just hit. Cause you were having so many conversations with God that, that it, it just made sense to you. That I and what that. happened, what really brought it around and I did a fast, it was a summer of 2013. I did a fast and I just heard him so clearly. And my pastor at the time was a, this woman who had been like an, uh, an executive at Spelman, like a CFO or something at Spelman. And she said, Tony, don't you see God is telling you to quit your job and go to seminary just like he did me. And I looked at her, I said, you are exactly right. That's exactly what he's telling me to do. And I know that if he's telling me to do that, he's got plans for me that are amazing. So I'm doing it. And then Coke comes and lays me off. Wow. Every, everybody gets, they have like these mass layoffs where they lay off 2000 people and they have uh, open jobs for a thousand people. So it's like musical chairs. Right, right, so right. I, I was in that lot. It was like 1500 of us or something jockeying for, I don't know. I mean, we all had to try to find a job. Like 700 I wasn't position. worried about though. Right. But I was killing it. I was killing it. So I was like, Oh, great. I'm just going to get promoted. Like this is a great opportunity. And when that happened, they said, everybody has six weeks to find another position. And they said, except for you, Tony, you have six months. That never happens, man. Never. And the six months was up when seminary started. And I was like, okay, this is just God. So I said, look, I'm not, I don't even want another position. I'm just, I'm going to go to seminary. Wow. All right. So listen, um, believe it or not, we've been at this for an hour. Um, (laughs) We need to wrap up. Um, Clark, you got any other questions before I ask Tony to uh, yeah, I, 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 pray? I'm going to ask. Go ahead, Clark. Go ahead, Clark. More, more than a question, a comment. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep your head up. You know, keep being the best dad you possibly can to those, those young men. And, you know, and spreading your word to people who will hear it. What'd you uh, hey, man, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And, Thank you. Uh, Pastor, I know people ask you to pray for them all the time. Right. And you sometimes be like, well, come on, I need prayer, too. Right. Um, But I'm going to ask you uh, if you would pray for us now. Absolutely. And look, people ask me, it's not just that I need prayer. I need a wife, man. I'm trying to get this thing restarted. Okay, 
I'm trying to put some primer in the pump and get get another lovely young lady in the house. So that's my prayer. Um, <laughs> so so lay, laying that out, we we didn't ask we didn't ask the pastor where he can be found if he wants to be found. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Pastor Tony Two. It's number two. That was my jersey number, um, and on Facebook too. But Instagram's my main thing. Pastor Tony Two, um, and like YouTube and everything. My church is Seek Higher Ground, S-E-E-K, Higher Ground. So that's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, everything for the church. So um, yeah, man, that's where I can be found, whether it's spiritual, romantic, uh, coaching, whatever it is. I got, I'm telling you guys, I got all kind of stuff. I, I'm going to I'm gonna pray for you, but let me just say, I, I have a book I'm writing on how to age backwards. Through this process, God showed me how to age backwards. I mean, now, I'm I'm 50 years old. I was just about to ask, and I hate you and David. I'm just going to say, <laughs> both of y'all are older than me, and both of y'all are way better shape than I am. I'm, I'm 50 years old, but God showed me this whole thing between nutrition, rest, prayer, this whole thing on how to stay young. And it has worked. It's incredible. I'm writing a book on that. Like I got all kinds of stuff, man. So anytime you guys want to have me back, you know, have me back. And I just love to share all the amazing things that God has done. Because if, if you let, look at this dude, he looks like in his 30s, right? Like I'm mad. I'm mad. No <laughs> frown lines. Go ahead. All right, let's let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for all that you have done. Um, I pray that any, anyone who is listening to this that they would get something out of it that would bring them closer to you and would help heal their situation. I pray a prayer of forgiveness over everyone listening. That they would just be able to forgive anyone who's hurt them, wronged them, mistreated them, abused them, and that they would be able to give that to you. I pray a prayer of power over all of our men, that they would have the power to stand strong, to raise children, and to just be men leaders. Um, and I pray for compassion, compassion for all the fathers, the tenderhearted fathers that are trying to love their children, love their family, that you just be with them, knowing that they are human with soft hearts too. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these two men. Thank you for this show. And thank you for all you do. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor, thank you very much, man. Thank you for having me. Okay. Uh, this is great. I like Be good. We'll talk soon. All right. All okay. right. God bless you guys. All right. Take care, Pastor. That's it. Let me tell you something. That's too close to home, son. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Owe me $46,000. Watch me come after my money. So I'm going for my money. I, so so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, way too close to home. I'm not that mature. Yo. And, 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 and I'm not. I'm not. Like, I, I, I absolutely, I mean, you had her on the show. You heard it. I was no saint going through it. But like a lot of stuff that he described, like I remember the first time, because I, I didn't even have a couch down here. I don't think I think when we were going through the separation, I had a futon in my living room, like an iron frame futon, and that's where she slept for the year, year and a half of our separation before she moved out. And a year and a half is a long time. But yeah, it's a very long time, right? I did six months. A year and a half is a long time. Be. I like I, I know people who share houses for years. You know, like one of my one of my female friends, she just went through her divorce uh, pre COVID, and her and her husband went through a separation for five years sharing a house. But a year and a half. So after she moved out one day, I was watching TV and I fell asleep on that futon, and I woke up and I was like, "Yo, this chick fucking hates me." Because there's no way in hell I'd have spent a year and a half sleeping there. We we, we would have reconciled. But that's where that's where her head was. She was just like, I'm done with you. I'm done with this marriage. Fuck this amount. Clark, call to action. Ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Single Dad Why You Mad podcast. We love you and we appreciate you. Continue to follow us on Instagram. Continue to follow us on YouTube and on our, all of our social media. Make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast and you're telling your friends where, wherever you can find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. David, anything you want to add? Uh, I'm going to keep saying this until it catches on. It's not single dad. 
why am I mad? It's single dad, why are you mad? 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 Single dad, why are you mad?